episode 22. Get out of here, Satan. What up, everybody? Got my dog, Rachi, in the building. Yes, sir. Oh, oh. Yes, sir. Got the boy, Chris, back in the building. Roared it up, stronger than ever. <laughs> strong in the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? As we're called to be a men of God, you know what I'm saying? We're all we're all getting strong out here, a little a little uh, spiritual strength. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Let's start tonight off with just a moment of prayer. Let's really lock in. Let's really open our hearts and our minds to that Holy Spirit. So, if you could just close your eyes and bow your head, dear God, we just we welcome you into this time, God, and we're just so grateful for this time, Lord. We just ask that the Holy Spirit would fill us and fill the the hearts of those that are listening, God. Lord, I pray that you would open up their ears, Lord, and just help them to receive, you know, the the light and the the glory that you are trying to spread to us through your word, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that tonight we would focus on you, God. Lord, I pray that we would become less so you could become more, God. I pray that this would truly honor and glorify you, God. Just bring the, the glory to your name, God. And Lord, just just bless the people that are listening, protect them, Lord, and just just prepare their heart for the message that's about to be spread, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In your almighty name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to let Chris jump into it because this is his uh his little idea for the week. Yo. Today we're going to be talking about the uh Sermon on the Mount. Uh basically it's the uh sermon that Jesus gives. Uh, it's in the beginning of Matthew. <clears throat> starts in Matthew chapter five and ends in Matthew chapter seven. We're gonna run it as a two-part because uh, there is so much in Sermon on the Mount. So I think it might take a little bit more than just one episode to talk about. Um, really, just for the for the breakdown. So the reason I actually really wanted to talk about Sermon on the Mount. Whenever I first started, actually, like my journey with with God and with Christ, um, I was suggested to read the books, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, it was at a time whenever I had like basically no God in my life, and uh, I didn't really honestly care so much for the idea of, you know, I mean, in my mind, right, it was like I was looking for God, but it wasn't necessarily, I didn't, I wasn't looking for Jesus, basically, and it was kind of like, I was suggested to read Sermon on the Mount, and it was like Jesus had kind of been looking for me, and it was through reading that book, it's a Sermon on the Mount by Emmett Fox, it's a basically, and it's just the book that goes into deep detail about Jesus' whole sermon, but uh, it was during reading that book that I had this spiritual experience, and uh, so now it's like the, this sermon has like, I don't know, an importance for me, I think Wally's reading the book right now too, um, but it, it's, I mean, it's a fantastic book really as far as like the importance of this book if you don't really know is like it is all of our basic principles as christians the uh it goes into our uh all of our like our commandments and uh he talks about you know storing up treasures in heaven compared to storing up treasures on earth he talks about trusting in god not caring so much about material things and um and and uh just basically all of like how we walk as Christians, like in our faith. Right. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's like our basic lay down. I was listening to a different podcast and, uh, they're doing like a whole year of like sermon on the Mount. And, uh, in listening to it, it was like, uh, he was saying that, um, Gandhi from, what's his first name though? 
It's not, it's not Mahatma. It's not Mahatma, dude. Mahatma. I'm not too sure. Mahatma Gandhi. That's his name, bro. Mahatma Gandhi? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Dude, I don't know why, but I thought it was like... Uh, Alright. Yeah. My bad. Um. Yeah, no. Nah, so Gandhi, but he used to... Gandhi was a Hindu and he used to read Sermon on the Mount every single day. He read it every day for like... Uh, 40 years they said just because he loved the basic uh principles and the teachings that it had in it and uh martin luther king right like i don't know they said something about martin luther king having a speech or a sermon himself right he was a reverend yeah yeah one that he was going to deliver before he died and it was it was a sermon on the mount type speech and both of these men right were very so a big part of like the teaching that was so different from what the pharisees had been teaching was that it is uh, the Pharisees teach for an eye for an eye and, you know, judge. They're very judgmental and they had a lot of authority and all this stuff is a big part of it. And Jesus is coming and he's saying, you know, I'm not here to abolish the law. I'm just basically here to tell you what it really is, you know. And so like a lot of people say like, oh, well, like our like our whole God changed basically with Jesus. Right. And it's not that God changed. It was that our interpretations had been coming through prophets and it was really like. So even like, for example, like Moses, right, he gets the law and then now Pharisees go and they interpret this law and they and they share it. But they all agreed kind of with each other about it, where Jesus comes with he he's actually the word of God. Right. And he says, this is exactly what God means by this. Right. This is the truth. Right. This is because he's really the he's the actual word of God, you know. And uh, it, so and the what the real word of God is, is like it goes from like you've done something wrong to me now. I'm going to do something wrong to you to you know forgiveness right like letting people do wrong turning the other cheek like all this stuff right like not not judging people right where it had been like really like you know sin for sin to where it was like if someone else sins stop the sin right there right do the better thing and it it influenced people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King right because instead of they were being you know suppressed and instead of having this you know, reaction of, well, we should also like have this maybe so uh, oppressive or, you know, violent attack towards this to get this what we want. They had a very peaceful way about it of turning the other cheek. Right. And they ended up having like monumentous, like, is that a word? Monumentous? I don't think it is. Monumental. Monumental Monumentous sounds like a word. So if it's not, it's not, it's one now. But yeah, no. So I mean, it has it's had a lot of influence. I don't really know exactly where I was going with that, but there's a lot to talk about with it. So we are gonna run it in two different parts. I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say? No, bro. Just that's it. I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, just I'll just keep going for the next forty minutes. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yo, <laughs> no, no, no. Um. Yeah, yeah. Sermon amount was kind of pretty huge. Um, you know, it's said that, like, if you kind of take all the things that, um, like, olden day psychiatrists, counselors, um, psychologists and advisors and counselors from the olden day, people who are, you know, were really well known for the things that they've said. If you take all of the um, good things that they've said, you take out all the foolishness side out of it and you just boil it down to, like, just some core principles you'll get the Sermon on the Mount 
because that's what Jesus was really just given us, just really some core principles for us Christians and his disciples to follow while we're here on earth, you know? Um, so, yeah. All right, good episode, y'all. So we'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. Eight minutes, new record. No, nah, but really, whatever we say tonight, definitely go and do your research, you know what I'm saying? Because it sounds good, but it's more about the, the application, you know what I mean? And to really apply it, you got to know what you're trying to apply. So I'll definitely encourage everybody to go read, you know, Matthew 5 to 7. Um, and, you know, that could could be the spark to your, your walk of faith, you know, your walk with Jesus. Um, and like Chris was talking about the book, The Sermon on the Mount, is by uh, Emmett Fox. I don't know if he said that already, but um, I started reading it yesterday. And I just wanted to read something. It's kind of like a little intro that he gave into like the Sermon on the Mount. So it says, um, Matthew, who gives us the most complete and carefully arranged version of this address, his setting forth of the Sermon on the Mount is an almost perfect codification of the Jesus Christ religion. And I have therefore chosen it as the text for this book. It covers the essentials. It is practical and personal. It is definite, specific, and yet widely illuminating. Once the true meaning of the instructions has been grasped, it is only necessary to begin putting them faithfully into practice to get immediate results. The magnitude and extent of these results will depend solely upon the sincerity and thoroughness with which they are applied. This is a matter with which each individual has to settle for himself. No man can save his brother's soul or pay his brother's debt. We can and should help one another on special occasions, but in the long run, each must learn to do his own work and sin no more, lest a worse thing befall him. If you really do wish to alter your life, if you really do wish to change yourself to become a different person altogether in the sight of God and man, if you really do want health and peace of mind and spiritual development, then Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, has clearly shown you how it is to be done. The task is not an easy one, but we know that it can be accomplished because there are those who have done it. So that was just at the beginning of his book, you know. Um, and so I just wanted to snap a little picture of it, you know, as a, as a good kind of intro for what we're going to talk about tonight. And like Chris and, and Rachi were saying, you know, it's like Jesus laid down, you know what I'm saying? He laid down what he what he expects from us, you know, and also kind of like a little guide for us to to have a fruitful life to have a life that is, is full of peace and is full of joy you know what i'm saying if we walk a, a, along these principles he's laid out you know the only thing that's going to happen is is we're going to grow closer to god and we're going to be a better service to those around us you know um and i, I like how it, like so it starts off with this thing called the beatitudes and it, it was kind of cool because it's like when you read it at first you know it's like it don't really it doesn't really make like to someone someone that has no background you're like I don't really get it you know what I'm saying but that's why I really like the Emmett, Emmett Fox book because it's like it gives you a deeper understanding of the the beginning and so I'm just going to read it real quick and it says this is what Jesus was saying he said blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will be they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you people blessed are you when people insult you 
persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way you persecuted the prophets who were before you. So in all those things, you know what I'm saying? It's like to a human brain, to someone who's living in the world, it says like, blessed are the poor in spirit. So it's like, off rip, you're going to be like, poor in spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that even, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Those who mourn, they'll be comforted. You know, it's like the people that are going through hard times. They're going to be, you know what I'm saying? God's going to give them the peace to get through those hard times. The meek, blessed are the meek. And I didn't really know what that meant, but it was like, uh, it was like, what, slow to be, like, agitated? Like, slow to be angry or something? Meek? Meek? It's, uh, it's, it's like, kind of like so patience a little bit. It basically, meek, like, the best way to describe it is that it's, because it's not necessarily just humility, right? It's, uh, it would be somebody, it's basically somebody who has the power to do something and then still doesn't, right? It's a, so it's like, right, this is like Jordan Peterson actually talks about meekness, right? And he talks about it in a Sermon on the Mount too, the misconception of meekness, right? Like, so some people think meek would be just to lay down and die, right? Like being a rabbit, right? And there's nothing like really that that great about being a rabbit, you know? They have no choice to, to, to be, you know, of a violent attack, right? But it's more about being like, he describes it as like beauty and the beast about being the beast but still not attacking people and being violent with it like humility basically right or like holding back kind of right so having the ability to do something and, and but still just choosing the uh the better right so having the power maybe to take over the world and do something crazy but instead you know really helping people yeah so all these things he was saying you know it's kind of like his way of telling us like look do this and you're going to grow closer to God because, you know, like, like in another, I don't remember where the verse is at, but the, like, uh, we become less and he becomes more, you know, you remember where that's at? I know I said in the prayer, but that's just been kind of on my head recently. But, um, basically it's just like, from what I'm taking out of this, you know what I mean? It's like, this is like Chris was talking about humility. You know, this is, this is a way to be humble, you know, to show that, that, that we're really, kind of kind of falling back stepping down from this egotistical prideful way of life you know like how people are living in that time like the pharisees and stuff who thought you know I, if i do this this and this i'm righteous you know like jesus tells us in this like for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be blessed you know what i mean so it's like we're, we're trying to be seen as right in god's eyes you know and that's the main thing i think i took out of this was like we got to try to do these things that he has laid out for us you know like he's he doesn't expect us to do it perfectly, you know, and that's where the, the grace and mercy comes in because we're never going to be able to, to fully, you know, get to where we're supposed to be at. But as long as we keep trying, that's where, where Jesus is going to keep showing up. You know what I'm saying? As long as we're putting in the effort, Jesus is going to do the rest. He's going to take care of it. And that was just his kind of like promise to us, you know what I mean? And I like how Chris was saying, like, Jesus didn't come to like be like, all right, you guys are good. You don't got to follow the law no more. I'm here. So just have a free for all. It's just a party now. It's like, no, like he came and he didn't, he didn't want to, um, abolish the law or, you know what I'm saying? Or any of that. He just wanted to give us a little bit of hope, a little bit of strength to help, you know what I'm saying? Walk with the law for the right reason, you know, because we love God and we want to please him. 
because that's really our goal now. It's like once we've accepted Jesus, like we want to be want to be pleasing him. You know what I'm saying? We want to do what's right in his eyes, not what's right in our eyes. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the idea of like dying to self. We're not necessarily doing everything that feels good to us or sounds good to us. We're doing more like, you know, what would Jesus do? And that's how I'm going to walk and I'm going to do my best to stay obedient to that. Beatitudes are fire, dude. I don't know. Like, uh, so I've been trying to read the Sermon on the Mount every day. I failed on Wednesday, and uh, I read it today. But um, I've been doing that for like a week. But it's like every time like I start reading it, as soon as I get into Beatitudes, I start looking stuff up because I'm kind of like curious as to what it's really trying to say. Um, And then I end up just powering through the rest of it because it's kind of long. So I don't actually, I don't know. I'll just keep researching it every time. I guess I'll research a little more. But, um, so the Beatitudes, like the importance of the Beatitudes. So I think a big part of Sermon on the Mount is that when we read it today, it's like we've had this Christian theology and doctrine for 2000 years. And so it's like, I don't know, we kind of think like, what's the big deal about all of this? And it's because we're not looking from the perspective of 2000 years ago when these people have been living a very certain way and have a very specific doctrine. And Jesus is coming here and like saying like, nope, this is right this is like new information that they did not previously have right and it was against a lot of what was being taught back then as far as the beatitudes goes right this the significance of it is that up until that point there was no act god never revealed a heaven up until that point right like there started to become theories based on um like different prophecies and stuff from the pharisees uh, but the scribes still didn't think there was a heaven or, or no it's the pharisees the scribes and the what Sadducees, yeah. It was the Sadducees didn't think that there was a heaven, and then the the uh, Pharisees started to come into this idea that there might be a heaven, but it still hadn't been nothing. Nothing had been confirmed, right? And so Jesus, talking about the Beatitudes and talking about the kingdom of heaven, there's even a few other spots in that sermon where he talks about it. It brings in this whole new idea, right, that hadn't previously been in there, before, right, in, inside of, like, these people's hearts before, you know, about this purpose and this goal that we're trying to attain that's not on this earth but is is thereafter right and on top of it right it's like because jesus is the way the truth and the light and we're now going to get direct access to god is that we can have this hope and this relationship with god that we couldn't previously have before right the also the importance of these beatitudes right is that when you're looking for your way to jesus and you really study the beatitudes right it's like it's a very i feel like direct and clear path right because it's telling you right where is Jesus, right? He's in heaven. And so it's like, how do I get this to this heavenly place here on earth, right? How does my soul kind of get there? And it even talks about, right, where am I storing my treasures up, right? My heart is going to be where my treasures are stored, right? So if I'm storing my treasures here on earth, that's where my heart is going to, to be. But if all of my treasures are up in heaven, that's where my heart's going to be, right? I'm going to constantly be thinking about my relationship with God, with Jesus, because that's where like that's where like everything that's important to me is isn't here right it's it's with god right now he's it's stored up right waiting for me you know and so all of that all those ideas were not a thing previous to this sermon right previous to that right the the commandments are like a devout way of of life and it's it's literally just because that's what god said and god is their creator it, you know how like today, like a lot of people, right, they come to church every Sunday. That's to the extent that their relationship ever goes, which is really sad. 
uh, that they don't get to see like more of the the beautiful gifts that God has right for them. But they come because it's like, well, I believe in Jesus and I got my ticket to heaven. Right. Which I don't you know, I don't know each person specifically if they go or not. Right. But that that was like that was no such thing back then. Right. Like you wouldn't just come to church once a week because you know what I mean? Like there wasn't the goal or the attainment of a heaven back then. Right. Back then, they were literally just following the law because that's what God said to do. It was just pure obedience. There was nothing. There was nothing to gain from it other than, I, you know, I love God. I truly love God. I believe in God, and, and this is what's been t- asked of me, and that's what I'm going to do. Right. This is what my Creator said. You know. And then, so having these teachings now today, right, is like my mind can be set on a heavenly place, which makes my life here on earth a whole lot better. And, and I, I work on that relationship here, right where it's going to be so strong up in heaven, right? And it's just sick to me, right? Like that I do something dope here, you know what I mean? Like a little crackhead on the street, throw him a 20-piece, you know, a little dub piece, let him hold a dub. And then, you know what I'm saying, up in heaven, you know, when I shoot up there, God's just like, bro, you're not going to believe like a little extra treasures, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And it does, like, it's, I really believe in that. Like, I really believe that to be true, right? That like, if that's where I really believe my treasures at, right? That's where I'm focused on throughout my day. It's something that Francis actually talks about is like if my mind is constantly focused on this idea that eventually I will be in heaven, right? Because I think as Christians, we become, you know what? It's really like a revelation starting to happen, dude. Because even like the thing on being stressed about material things on earth, you know, a lot of the sermon, dude, is just about not caring so much about the earthly earthly things as much as we do and i think we really lose sight of that in our day-to-day lives of of like we do really i mean i do i don't know about everybody but i know i really you know care a lot about some of this earthly stuff more than i should um and that the whole sermon right really what jesus is teaching is like that's not the end goal of right or at least it's not anymore right it's uh what we get to have right in eternity that's far you better have more than two minutes, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hear you go on. <laughs> um, that was really good, though. Like, I really like how you touched upon, like, um, if you're thinking from a standpoint of the audience that Jesus was um, talking to back then, you know, they really didn't have much to, um, didn't have much to look forward to or they didn't have much instruction on how to um, live their life here on earth. They had like the Mosaic law, they had the law, right? Um, And really, if you really think about it, um, the law, the law was honestly just to show us, just to show um, like those people how far they were when compared to God's standard, right? That like, Yo, like God's standard of perfection, God's standard of righteousness and stuff like that, it's dude, it's it's impossible to reach, you feel me? And that's why Jesus had to come down to fulfill it. And then um whenever we saw the law and Jesus fulfilled it, is like the law would point us to like to Jesus, you know, like yo, we're the only way to um to get to God's standard of righteousness, to get to his um standard of perfection was only through Jesus, you feel me? So like we they had 
we we now have only one way to heaven and one way to be right in the right standing of God, and that's through Jesus, you know. And once we go through Jesus, Jesus sends us back to the law too, so that we can know to learn about God's character, and so that we can um, so that we can um, go throughout our journey towards our sanctifi- sanctification, you know. So, yeah, um, I really want to like kind of hit on the idea of the be attitudes real quick because like that's really important um and um i really liked it a lot it was like one of my favorite parts of the sermon sermon on the mount um it starts with like verse verse three blessed are the poor in spirit for their for theirs is the kingdom of heaven um it starts like that because honestly that's how a lot of us start with on our faith journey you know um poor in spirit you feel me like what does it mean to be poor in spirit like you think of think of the word poor right here in this in this world the word the word poor could mean like you have no really great financial status you really don't have no assets you feel me like you have no liquidity anything right so if you put that word next to spirit poor in spirit you really have no spiritual characteristics that can push you towards um towards god or towards sanctification towards purity anything you really have nothing right so and that's really if you really think about it that's how all of us start you know we're dead in our sins we don't have um our spirits dead and stuff like that and then jesus comes along and makes us alive you feel me um so it kind of just shows us that how much of a reliance on god's power that we that we need you know we have to rely on God's power and his his wisdom and his strength throughout our entire life, you know. Um, and how it starts with being poor in spirit, it just puts into perspective of all the other Beatitudes, you know. Um, like, for example, blessed, blessed are those who mourn, um, for they shall be comforted. You feel me? Um, so no one truly mourns unless there were previously poor in spirit you feel me right um this verse five blessed are the are the meek right no one's really truly humble or have that be good attitude that you described earlier unless they were poor in spirit one time because they were they had to be humble in their poor um in their poor in spirit to become meek eventually you feel me um Verse six, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the, for righteousness, for they shall be fulfilled. You really can't truly um, experience true thirst and hunger for righteousness until unless you were poor in spirit first, you know, right? Um, and when you think really highly of yourself, you really don't realize that you were eventually that you were poor in spirit one, once once in your life, you know. Um, so you really can't be merciful to others, which is verse seven, right? Um, blessed are those, um, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy, you know? So I really like, I really like how it puts into perspective that being poor in spirit, how you start and stuff like that um, makes you realize the the path and how far along that God has um, brought you to, you know, so yeah that's that's me on the, like the beatitudes and it's like one of my favorite parts you feel me so like yeah for this next year we're talking about the beatitudes <laughs> yeah, bro. Nah, 
I like I like that. I like the emphasis on the the poor in spirit, you know, because there's a reason. Um, Jesus started it with that. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he was doing. He knew what he doing now. And I like how Chris was talking about the, you know, storing up our riches on earth too, because that's what a lot of us are trying to do. You know, whether we're we're with Jesus or not, you know, we want to attain that that financial status. You know, of being being wealthy or at least even being comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Or we want to have the the things that are going to make us look good in the eyes of the world, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's so important, you know, like, like in the book, in the, the Emmett Fox book, he says like being rich is not a good thing or a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? It's about what you're doing with it, you know? And, um, that's kind of like where you could tie it into the, the pure in heart. You don't got to be broke to go to heaven. You don't got to be broke to, to serve Jesus. It's just like keep a pure heart and through all all parts of your life you know what i'm saying that's going to show and the only way we can be pure in heart is if if we love god if god is our first love our true love that love is going to pour out into every single aspect of our life you know what i'm saying and that's going to allow us to use what god has given us you know what i'm saying like even if you don't make a lot of money you know what i'm saying it doesn't mean you can't be of service like chris was saying bro twenty dollars not even twenty dollars a dollar to someone on the side of the road you know what i'm saying Give them a bag of chips. Give them, you know, what I'm or even just tell them God loves them. You know what I'm saying? It's about it's about where our heart is at. You know what I'm saying? So that we can truly do these things that that Jesus is laying out for us. You know, like we're called to be the peacemakers. You know, if someone's in a hard time, be there with them. You know what I'm saying? Just be that little bit of love that they need. You know what I mean? Just just be the smile, be the the hug. You know what I'm saying? The the word of encouragement that they need, because it's like. We've all been in that place where we need that and we can't really find it. So we're going to seek it out in other ways of the world. And we're not going to find no comfort. We're not going to find no peace. All we're going to find is a little numbing cream. It's just going to be something that's going to take away the pain for a second. But what Jesus has given us is a forever fix, you know? Like, we don't have to be sick. We don't have to be sad. We don't have to be broken. We could just have Jesus, you know what I'm saying? And through all the, the struggles and hardship this world is going to bring, we've got we've got the peace, the forever peace, knowing that, look, like, whatever's going on in this world, for one, it's part of God's plan and God's purpose, you know what I'm saying, wherever we're at. But two, at the end of the day, like, this world's going to perish. Everything we're going through, everything we got, you know what I'm saying, the pain and sickness you're going through right now is going to be taken away when we go up to heaven, you know what I'm saying. The million dollars you got in your bank account, that's going to be gone. You can't take it to heaven. So it's like, what are we doing with it, with our, our life, you know what I'm saying, while we got this time on earth? How are we, we stewarding? what we've got to then advance the kingdom, you know what I'm saying? Cause there's going to be people that may have never, they may never read this. They may never even open the book, you know what I'm saying? But if we walk according to what God has laid out, like that could be their, their, their ticket into heaven. You know what I'm saying? Cause they're going to see how we're moving. They're going to see how, how we're loving and how we're serving the community. You know what I mean? And they're going to, they're going to get curious. You know what I'm saying? It's only, it's only natural. If you see someone who's like, just really like we all got that one person in our life that's just like too positive bro like too just everything always seems good they always got a little peace in them you know what i'm saying no matter what's going on in their life they could be rich they could be poor but through it all they got peace you know what i'm saying and and they got joy and i i look at those people and i'm like how and then i remember you know what i'm saying i'm like jesus that's it bro like there's there's plenty of people that that I come across on a daily basis, and I'm like, these boys always be happy, bro. I'm like, how? Like, yeah, like, like my boy, like shout out Nick, bro. Like, y'all know Nick. 
Bro, Nick, no matter what is going on, always has this insane amount of gratitude. He always has a positive spin on things. And no matter where you are, he's going to uplift you, whether that's through words of encouragement or whether that's just through making you laugh. You know what I'm saying? And that's really just Jesus living living in him, you know? That's the Holy Spirit pouring out through him. That's him being used as a vessel. And we're all called to be that vessel for somebody in our life, you know what I mean? But it's only through walking according to these principles. It's it's only through truly accepting Jesus and then being being just willing to be of service, willing to open your heart and your mind up a little bit to show the mercy to the person, you know what I'm saying, that you might not think deserves it. But at the end of the day, it's not up to you. It's up to God, and God has shown you the mercy. So who are you to not then show it to the next person? Because we can't, we can't, like Ralph was talking about the the on the last episode, like we can't say we love God if we don't love people, you know? So it's like it's really important to, to just keep your heart in the right place, to choose love first, to be a flowing river, you know what I mean? Like think about, a, like we're, we're called to be to be the flowing river. Um, I don't remember where that's at. Look, that's been kind of sticking out of my head. You know what I'm talking about? Some verse. Y'all can do your research. But look look up Flowing River Bible. You'll probably find a little verse section. You know what I'm saying? Or not. I don't know, bro. But that just that could be just the Holy Spirit. I don't know. We're called to be rivers of, of love. You know what I'm saying? And think about it. The the river, that that's a source of life for so many different things. You know what I'm saying? For the fish, for the little little crabs for the you know what i mean <laughs> it uh it's part of the ecosystem so you know what i mean the, the little beavers they build their dam in there and then you know like we use the river for water and it's lit bro we're, that's we're, that's what we're called to be the river nah, <laughs> bro that's crazy you can't end on that that's crazy i'm gonna just cut that out bro i'm actually gonna leave it in there that's fire. Made no sense. Um, nah, that's, uh, I don't know, just t- touch on one thing Rachi said and kind of talk about what I was talking about, but, uh, nope, not the river, bro. <laughs> that was, that was, that was brain dead for sure. That was crazy. But, um, so the ecosystem, <laughs> nah, bro, that's crazy. Nah, the, uh, talking about the, um, actually, it's so crazy, but I sent it to Wally. Literally, probably like what, like two hours ago. But uh, so it's uh, the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right, just what Rachi was talking about, and I looked it up. Poor in spirit includes an honest confession that we are sinful and utterly without the moral virtues that we need to commend to God. Right, so I don't know. I send it to Wally mainly just because. I don't know, I'll be questioning my salvation a lot, and uh, it's stuff like that that really speaks to me, where it's like, it's the people who, right, there's a preacher I listened to, and he was like, it's really not that difficult, you know, getting people to believe in, to, or at least being attracted to the faith of Christ, right, it's was the difficult part is always getting them to know their sin, right, we tend to compare ourselves to other people, and it's the reason that we say, well, I'm really not that bad, or something like that. You know, but it's it's really about comparing myself to to Christ and to God, right? And when I do that, I can instantly see all of my sin, right? I can see my filth. It's something about going closer and closer to God is that you you feel like you're you're doing worse almost because it's like the closer you get to that reflection is like the more you can see your sin, right? Whereas sometimes it's not so revealed. 
but that's the hard part, right, is really getting to that point where it's like, honestly, in my heart, I really know that I'm a sinner, right, I don't just say it just because, like, I really, I see my daily sin, like, constantly throughout the day, you know, that I don't have what I need, right, and, and then, as far as, like, where am I going to get it from is, like, knowing that I, I'm not going to do my own will, right? Like, I'm not going to work really hard or put the action in and put the effort in to go and get it myself, right? That I need God's grace and his help and his love and, and then, you know, Jesus Christ on the cross to actually get that. And those are the people who get the kingdom of heaven. As far as, too, like, right, like, while he started talking about the, uh, he was talking about the, uh, principles right and it's just really right god's kind of going in or jesus god jesus it's all the same what is it? yeah well i found river thing we'll let him do it real quick bro just to maybe just like a comeback you know because that was crazy no it makes sense if you think about it you know what i'm saying like <laughs> so we're all we're all the river in a sense you know what i'm saying <laughs> no really jesus is the river jesus is the river he brings us life but it, it's talking about um in lamentations too you know it's talking about uh let your weeping be flowing down like a stream day and night give yourself no rest let your eyes not keep back the drops of sorrow up gives cries in the night at the starting of the night watches let your heart be flowing out like water before the face of the lord lifting up your hands to him for the life of your young children who are falling down, feeble for need of food at the top of every street. You get it? Fired. You get it? That, that That's like what I was saying, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, was it, bro? You talking about fish and the ecosystem? <laughs> I'm sa- I was just trying to give a practical example of, like, how, you know what I'm saying, the river brings life. You know what I mean? Let our hearts be flowing like a river, you, you know? It? You know what I'm trying to go with this? I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I-, I don't want to talk about this anymore, but you're going to definitely have to explain that. After the podcast, bro. But yeah. Hey, you know what? God's will, man. You know what? Maybe the Holy Spirit's snapping right now and it's so deep. And I'm just you know what I'm saying? Like my brain's just not there. But um that's uh that's fire. Uh but now how while he was talking about like our principles and all that stuff, right? Reading through that stuff is like I don't know, even when you read through like Romans and stuff, like when you read through the Bible, right? The New Testament Bible, it's like you see the law and stuff, right? The whole reason that Jesus puts it out the way he does, right? Like when he's putting out the the lust part as far as like even to think about, right? A woman lustfully, you know, that's sin or to be, you know, as far as thou shalt not murder. Even if you're angry, if you're angry with your brother, right? It's the same thing, right? It's like a lot of people I think have like the struggle with it of like, oh, that doesn't make any sense because if I'm angry with someone, how does that mean I've, it's the same as killing someone? I think more of the idea is just that it is impossible, which it does, right? Like in God's eyes, right? Like your sin is evil regardless, right? Evil is evil, but it's more of just to like, there were people who had this holy righteousness. You good? Not that, bro. You jump, bro. I was getting, yeah. But I'd be like, do nothing probably, honestly, but still. Now, no, but as far as, uh, Lost my train of thought, dude. Um, No, yeah, so it's like he's just trying to, I don't know, Jesus is really putting it into your mind that it's like it's impossible to, I don't know, claim a holiness, right, like a a righteousness, you know. It's because there was like the Pharisees and stuff who believed like that they had this holier-than-thou type attitude, right, 
and and going through those laws like that, right? Like it's like no one can sit back and claim that they've been perfect, right? That they've like never, you know, it's even your thoughts, right? It's like it's to the I think it's to the point where it's like I don't know, just from like my walk with with Christ, it's like I've come to the realization that I can't get rid of my sin that I am inherent inherently inherently that's a word it's tough out here dude <laughs> words um but i am like i'm inherently evil right like and so it's literally just like my flesh is evil and i can't even control my thoughts sometimes right like i'll have a bad thought and the best thing that i can do is get into prayer and then try to you know lean into god and get rid of it but it's like the thought will come like that right and i think that's what it comes down to is like i do have evil my only way out of it my only way to you know, overcome it is through, right, like, prayer and, and God, right, like, I need, I need the grace of God, right, like, when they talk about the sin root beats on his chest begging for mercy, right, it's like, I need mercy and grace to get rid of the evil that's in me, you know, because I don't deserve for God to take the evil from me, right, but, but it's like, it literally is, it's like, it's like just engraved in my, in my flesh, right, like, in my evil flesh, right, you know, that's why I think all people have this evil in them, like that there is no perfect people is because we've all, right, it's just how we are, right? Uh, after Adam Adam and Eve ate that apple, you know, and that we have all this condemnation, right, that's part of it is that this, this evil that comes with it, you know, and I get that a lot from, you know, because there was a point where it was like the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees are all holier than thou, right, like better than, than the rest of the people when... In reality, Christ is here to say you all need saving, right? You're all poor in spirit, you know. And the only way to really portray that was through that sermon where he's like, God can see your thoughts, right? You might you might seem super good to the outside world, right? But but God sees straight. He sees you're completely naked to him, the Father in heaven, right? And he knows, right, that it's still evil whenever you have the evil thoughts. The evil's still in you, right? Like you're still not pure, right regardless of how you're portrayed to the outside world and i think that was so necessary to be heard because and it's like now when he says right like i'm gonna die for your sins it's like now i get to that point how like i was saying before that like the, there's a preacher who says it's more difficult to get someone to see their sin than it is to get them to believe in christ you know like that's a way of like saying like I can't imagine one person that I've come in contact with that is realistically going to be like yeah nah bro like i've never thought about you know, a woman lost for the, I've never been angry before. Like, you know, like everyone can admit that they've got some type of something, right? Some type of character defect, right? That, that falls beneath God's holiness that we need the saving for. Yeah. Something that falls short of the glory of God. Right. <laughs> um, I really like how you, how you said, like, um, it's, it's, it truly is hard, you know, to stay, to stay holy, to stay, um, righteous, you know, before God, because especially when we live in this type of world, you feel me? Like this type of world that pushes out so much negativity all the time, bro. Like, um, and that's pushing a lot of, I don't know, lustful things in front of you all the, in the entire time, you know, like, like <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you know, I seen this post on Instagram, um, um, this one time and it's like, um trying to be trying to stay holy at the mall and it's this guy he's on the phone and then he's walking in in the middle of the mall and then he's 
and he's um, coming close to like a Victoria's Secret, and he turns around, and it works. Yeah, and like he basically just turns the other way and walks like sideways, and his back facing the Victoria's Secret, so he can't see the Victoria's Secret. You know, it's 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 kind of like it's tough out here. Yeah, this world so much um, pushes so much. You know, like that's why we have to stay as close to God as possible. You know, at all times. You know, and to watch our eyes and um, to watch our hands, to watch our minds, what we see and what we um, what we hear, what we think about. You know, um, the the Sermon on the Mount really talks about like um, if if your eye causes causes you to sin you know pluck them out and it you know if your you know, if your hand causes you sin cut it off you feel me like it doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> it's, it's crazy because it doesn't necessarily mean like go ahead and like take out your eye and stuff like that it just it's just saying it's just talking about like how serious it is you know unfortunately there's christians out there that really take it literally you feel me it's like there's christians out there that kind of like um that really go go out there castrating themselves you know and it's like that's not really what you know god really meant you know so it's like yo like not not literally but like it's it's stressing the importance of it you know um yeah and it um the sermon on the mount also talks about like what our eyes consume you know it's like if your eyes consume darkness then your um your then your body will be full of darkness if you're eyes consume light then your um then your whole body will be filled with light um so it's talking about like what we what we consume with our eyes and our ears you know um so that's why we have to really be careful because this world pushes out so much negativity that tries to make us stumble and that tries to make us you know sin and that tries to push us away as much as possible from god um you know so yeah being a being a being a disciple and a follower of christ is tough it's tough um yeah real tough and yeah it's real tough disciples us disciples we're um really called to be like the verse like the sermon also said um to be the salt of the world you know salt of the world when we think of salt right like salt by itself is kind of nasty i don't know like it's only it only it only really adds flavor to things right and um but in the context of when Jesus was saying it, right, salt, if you think about think about it back in the day um, within like the Roman Empire and stuff like that, it's it was really valuable, you know, um, it was really valuable to the point that where um, it was used as like a currency, you know, as to for trade and stuff like that. Um, so that really puts into perspective how valuable to this world that jesus's disciples are and since salt was used as something to add flavor we add flavor us disciples we add flavor to this world right and it's also important so that we do not lose our flavor as well you know or else if we won't be flavoring up anything we'll be um in a way taken away from it you know we'll be taken away from the souls here if we are aren't really flavorful and how we stay flavorful is staying connected to the source and not being lukewarm, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, too, because it's like 
God's not going to force you into, you know what I'm saying, into heaven or into to following him or nothing like this. You know what I mean? He's going to let you. He gave us the free will to choose what we want to do. And basically he laid this stuff out and he was like, look, this is this is the key to a, a good life, basically. You know what I'm saying? A good life, in the like I said, in the eyes of man, but more importantly in the eyes of God. And so it's like when you're walking in the ways that Jesus has called us to, all you're going to bear is fruit. Like like Raji was saying, you know, if, if your mind is full of light, you're going to bring the light. But if you're choosing the darkness, bro, things are going to get dark really quick. And you're going to be beaten into that place of submission. This world's going to beat you up. It's going to tear you up. It's going to chew you up and spit you out. And then you're going to be stuck with nothing. And you're going to end up in this broken, kind of miserable place. And it's like, then you're going to turn to God. And that's what it takes for a lot of people, unfortunately, me included, Chris included, um, Rachi, I'm sure. Rachi probably a little bit smarter than us. So I don't know if you had to be beaten down that bad, you know what I'm saying? But I was, I was beaten as a kid. I was a bad Rachi was beaten as a kid, he says. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, boy was getting whooped. So he, he know, he know what I'm saying. But it's like we've been given this easier, softer route, and it's up to us to take it. Now, just because we don't take it off rip, you know what I mean? You could go out from uh, hearing this and still mess around, you know, get a little crazy, get a little wild, and just see where that ends you up. It's gonna, it's not going to be so so great. So it's like, look, Jesus cared about us so much. He laid out this way for us to live. He gave this message even when people didn't want to necessarily, like, like hear it because they thought they already had the, the answer. Like Chris was talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees and all them boys. They thought, Oh, I just got to do this, this, and that, and I'm good. Check these boxes, I'm going to heaven. And they're completely discounting what Jesus was here to do for us, you know? So it's like, why don't we just acknowledge what Jesus did for us? Why don't we just try our best to walk along these principles he laid out for us? And all that's going to happen is we're going to grow dumb close to God. We're going to be helping other people grow close to God. And then when we get up there to heaven, he's going to be like, yes, sir, good job, my good and faithful servants. You know what I mean? And that sounds a lot better to me than, um, you know, like it says in uh, Isaiah forty-eight eighteen, God said, oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. You know what I mean? It's all about the river, bro. Gotta stay locked in. Bro, I'm so tired here about, about the river, dude. I'm about to, about to log off, dog. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't got much more to say about it. We got a whole, we got all next week, bro. Part two. Yeah. Are you actually trying to run a part two? Yeah. Next week, part two. Yeah, so we we pretty much just focused on the Beatitudes this week. Um, so if you want to, well, actually, no, actually go and read the Beatitudes. It's a requirement, actually. Um, you know what I'm saying? Homework, a little homework assignment. So come back next week prepared. We're going to dive into the actual, you know, kind of commandment aspect of it because it's really helpful, bro. It's going to give us a clear guide on what we need to be doing. Um, the the Beatitudes is just the beginning. So get ready for the rest. Part two next week. Hopefully we'll have Rachi back. Maybe we'll have more. You never know what's going to happen. But you got anything else, Rachi? Uh, yeah, go ahead and read the Beatitudes. Um, read the entire sermon, actually. Read entire Matthew. Read the entire New Testament. Read the whole Bible. Read the whole Bible, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Come back next week. Yeah, and then come back. 
Bible quiz. We're going to ask y'all the number of y'all papers, num- one to ten. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Sermon on Mount is, is really impactful towards um, um, us followers of Christ, man. And it's something that we should um, write on the tablets of our hearts, you know. So, um, yeah, it's full. It's it's living word, you know, and stuff like that. So, very useful. Yeah. So, just while you're at it, you know what I mean. Go ahead and uh, get yourself a little little cross necklace, tattoo Jesus on you. <laughs> yes. Really run it up. How much you really bout Jesus? You know what I mean? Because all you're doing is just preparing a whole lot of treasure up in heaven. You know. So it's like, run it up, bro. What do you got to lose? Yeah, if you're if you're really about it, like like sending uh sending your tattoos to Jesus and um you just get a nicer seat at Jesus's table in heaven. You know what I mean? If you really about it too, if you really really about it, get the seventy nine cent salvation tat. Yes, and tag us. You'll get a discount to season two. You you may even receive a little free black and mild. You never know. But now we just playing around. But hey. Thinking like Steve-O, like Jesus, you know how like Steve yeah, 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 uh huh, uh huh, that's it, bro. Yeah. So if God could save uh someone as crazy as Steve-O, He could save you too. Just keep that in mind. But let's close out with a moment of prayer, you know. So we're gonna pray that the rivers keep flowing. That you know your love is flowing like a river. That your heart is full, only by the the power of Jesus. You know, I'm praying that that everyone listening would just would just receive this word, that they would do their homework, that they would, you know, dive into the word, not out of a place of feeling forced, you know what I'm saying, but only to truly grow in greater connection and relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and pray real quick. Dear God, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you just for you, for the God that you are, the power that you are, and the love that you are, God. Lord, I pray that, that we would just come together as as brothers and sisters in christ lord that we would dive deeper into your word god to truly get to know you lord you know our hearts and and we just want to know you more and more god so i pray whoever is listening god would continue to seek you out god lord i pray they would they would find that intimate alone time with you god so that not only would would they know you but that they would know that that they are loved and that they are chosen that you have a plan a purpose and a calling on their life god that you have them here for a reason god that that no one is a mistake that no one is too far gone that no one is is too is below the the love of jesus god lord i pray that the people listening would just would just receive you tonight god lord i pray you would keep knocking at their door if they're not ready god lord i pray that you just keep them listening keep them seeking lord and keep their hearts in the place to to come to know you god lord we love you we praise you and we thank you in your almighty name we pray amen